Tweet at him at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, no, finish your tweet. It's not, that's fine. Just give us a second. There you go. Hashtag it. This is the Adam Crowley Show on 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Boy, it's been a while since I heard that. Adam Crowley is out today. I am in Rob Rossi of City Paper. First time I think I've said that behind Filling in for Adam today. If you're listening, call in. You know the number. You can tweet us. All those fun things. Adam's on vacation. If you haven't heard, I've brought him on to the City Paper as a contributing columnist. And so, of course... To impress me yesterday, after accepting the offer, he takes off from his day job. Uh, fun stuff. Follow me on the Twitter machine at real underscore Rob Rossi. Tweet at me if you got anything you want to talk about. Long time ago in the galaxy, far, far away, when I was but a younger man, I used to cover hockey a lot. And as... One of my guests today, Josh Yoey, will attest. This was my Christmas. I loved the two weeks that began tonight, basically. Now, in Pittsburgh, a draft is not very interesting. Unless it's the NFL. And even then, it's like the first couple of rounds, right? Because you don't really know who's being picked in baseball and you rarely do you know who's going to be the selection in hockey i mean there have been those years where it was Sidney crosby and you had heard of him and mario lemieux but let's be honest even when evgeny malkin you know arguably the third or fourth greatest player in the history of the franchise even when he was picked in 2004 not a lot of people in Pittsburgh, knew much about him. They just knew that he was the other Russian. I remember going into the 2004 entry draft, that year anyway, the Penguins were the worst team in hockey, and they were bad. They were real bad. They went a month without winning a game, folks. Poor Ed Olchek. That was the team he had to coach, right? Marc-Andre Fleury was the best player on that team, and they didn't play him all the time because they didn't want to pay him. (laughs) So... Um, it's kind of a different era of Penguins hockey. But back then, going into the 2004 season, Alex Ovechkin was the guy we were watching. And back then, there wasn't social media. You did have this YouTube thing that some people would go on, and you could kind of see highlights of Ovechkin. You saw him scoring all these goals, and you knew, like, man, that's the guy you want to draft. I remember seeing people go to Penguin games late in the 2003-04 season with Russian Hockey Federation jerseys of Alex Ovechkin, like the number eight on it. Think about that today, okay? But 14 years ago, there were people in Pittsburgh who were wearing Russian jerseys with Ovechkin's name and number on the back because... He was considered the guy that could save the franchise. And the Penguins had the worst record in the league that year, but they lost 
the draft lottery slot of number one to the Washington Capitals. Why am I bringing this up? Well, Alex Ovechkin is a Stanley Cup champion now. And the last two Stanley Cup champions have been teams that whose fortunes were changed by the very top of this entry draft. And it's interesting to me, right? Because it's easy to look back now and think, wow, the Penguins were so lucky not to win the draft lottery the year that they had the worst record in the league. Had they won that draft lottery, statistically, the greatest chance of ending up with the Malkin-Crosby connection would have been the Washington Capitals. But by losing that lottery, losing the Ovechkin sweepstakes, the Penguins fell only to second, and there was Evgeny Malkin. Now, Malkin was at the draft that day, but if you go back and look at pictures, I mean, he's sort of in a state of disbelief. Uh, This is now, Evgeny at that point is 18 years old, not knowing if he's going to leave Russia, when he's going to leave Russia. He came on super strong in the second half of that season and became not only the the clear number two, Going into the final week of the draft, you had started hearing people make the case, should he be number one? Nobody thought at the time he was a more dynamic offensive player, but he was a centerman. He was a big centerman. And you you heard these things back then. Ovechkin has a shot unlike any you've ever seen. Malkins is pretty good too. You heard these things back then. Ovechkin creates space for himself and scoring opportunities like few of we've ever seen. But Malkin does it too. And Malkin was a center. Craig Patrick was the general manager of the Penguins at that time. And, you know, when the Penguins drafted Evgeny Malkin, Patrick had already sort of laid the groundwork of like, you know, if we end up with this guy, we may end up with the better player. And, you know, you're thinking at the time where every GM says that that has the number two pick. And look, I think it's a coin flip of what you think of Evgeny and Alex. Alex is a three-time MVP. Evgeny's won one. They've both won the Conn Smythe. Evgeny's been the leading scorer on a Stanley Cup champion twice in his career. Evgeny's never had the shoulder of the burden of carrying a franchise the way Alex Ovechkin has. But Alex has never been as big in the big moments as Evgeny has. But here's the thing. Better player? Hmm. Better player to have for the Penguins? How many Stanley Cup Penguins champions? How many Stanley Cup championships do you think the Penguins have in the Crosby era if his running mate was Alex Ovechkin and not Evgeny Malkin? I don't know what the answer to that question is. Maybe they are so spectacular together. The greatest overall player of his generation and the greatest goal scorer of his generation. 
maybe on a line, they just overwhelm people in ways that is completely unbelievable. Maybe the Penguins draft Jonathan Taves in 2006 and he's the number two to Crosby. Maybe Taves and Ovechkin become the sort of second line in Pittsburgh and Crosby anchors the top. I don't know. I know this. By not winning the Ovechkin lottery and drafting second in 2004, the Penguins lucked into getting Evgeny Malkin, the second best center of his generation. And a year later, because there was a lockout, and because the Penguins had the most ping-pong balls of anybody in the draft, because the Washington Capitals did not have as many ping-pong balls that year, even though they had the second-worst record in the league in the last season that had been played, they had won the draft lottery, so they were docked a ping-pong ball. So the Penguins end up being the team because they won the draft lottery, or if you're like me, think because the draft lottery was won for the Penguins who needed a new arena and were a team that Gary Bettman wanted to keep in town and had an all-time icon waiting to have the savior of the league come in and live with. No. There's no way that would have happened, right? The NHL coming off a shutdown season wouldn't go, hey, we got this North American kid that by all accounts is tailor-made to be the face of our franchise and we got this situation in Pittsburgh where we have, oh, well, a franchise that needs a new arena and they could use a shot of energy and they're owned by Mary Lemieux. And, you know, uh, well, I mean, geez, could this work? Shh. Nah, never happened. Think about this. In 2004 and 2005, three historically great players at the top of those drafts, right? Alex Ovechkin, top 20 all-time player in this league. Evgeny Malkin, probably a top 20 all-time player in this league. Sidney Crosby, top five all-time player in this league. And the winner, quote-unquote, of the draft lottery in 2004 got to pick one of them. The loser got two. There has never been a loss in Penguins history. Never. Ever. As fruitful as the loss of the 2004 draft lottery. Because it netted them Evgeny Malkin and the statistically best chance, which just so happened to go their way a year later to draft Sidney Patrick Crosby. And I don't know that if the Penguins win the draft lottery in 2004 and draft Alex Ovechkin, maybe they do win the draft lottery with one fewer lottery ball in 2005. Maybe they get Ovi and Sid. Probably not. Do you remember who was taken second the year of the Crosby draft? Yeah, you can look that up during the break. Number two 
is not the best place to pick in the NHL draft. People think of top overall busts. Look at the guys who have been number two. And think of it this way. When they picked number two, the last time the Penguins picked second overall in the draft, their prize was Evgeny Malkin, MVP, multiple-time scoring champion, arguably the greatest Russian NHL player of all time, the most accomplished Russian NHL player of all time, if you count championships. And again, in two of the three championships of the Crosby-Malkin era, Malkin was the leading scorer, so... I'm just saying, sometimes a loss can be a good thing. Sometimes you get Evgeny Malkin with a number two pick. Sometimes you get Patrick Stefan. But, before we go to break, I want you to ask yourself this. Because the NHL draft is tonight. I just said that losing the draft lottery in 2004 was the greatest loss in Penguins history. Was it? We're back here on ESPN Pittsburgh and the Adam Crowley Show. I'm Rob Rossi, and when we come back, I'll tell you why maybe, maybe it isn't. Remember the scene in Ghostbusters where there's like a patch of gray cloud just sort of hovering and you're waiting for it to come over and just like pour down on the, what was it? Was the Empire State Building? Is that the? I have no idea. I can't remember. Okay. Well, whatever the building it was. So I'm in the, uh, I'm in the home studios here today at uh, ESPN Pittsburgh and there's this sort of gray cloud that's hovering. Beyond it, there are what appear to be blue skies. But this gray cloud is just sort of, I don't want to say descending upon us, but it's certainly approaching us. I kind of figures with me back in the studio. It looks ominous. Well, so do I. <laughs> so, and I should warn you today. Uh, so I, I'm eating my first meal since, uh, what, yesterday morning. Uh, been a busy couple of days at City Paper. And I, uh, we had a big event last night uh, at the ha- New Hazlitt Theater Dan Savage, uh, who writes a very popular column, Savage Love, which is, well, pick up a city paper right now and read it because it's unlike anything you'll see anywhere in town. But Dan Savage uh, was in town last night. Uh, We hosted him uh, as part of an event, and it was really cool. But I didn't get to eat anything. And so I had breakfast yesterday, was busy all day yesterday, got home from that event around 1130, was exhausted, Got up today. We've got these protests going on over town. So I'm trying to like basically scrap all of our coverage that we had planned for our issue, which usually goes to print on Monday. And I'm like, oh, we should probably get in on this. So, and I got Adam's show today, which I found out yesterday. I'm definitely hosting. So yeah, it's our bad. Yeah, no worries. No worries. I'm happy to help. So I'm like, you know, I should probably eat before I go on the show because feigning on the air, if it's TV, is good. If it's on the radio, it just sounds like. You know, so uh, anyway, I've grabbed McDonald's and look, I'm not one of these snobs like McDonald's is awesome. We all know that. But when you haven't eaten for a while and then you just start like basically trying to inhale a quarter pounder with cheese. Let's just say if you hear some dead air today, it might not be a Rossi pause. It might literally be like, 
Rousey's belching for 30 minutes. Please just hold. So, um, Anyway, Adam is out today, if you're expecting to hear his voice. I'm in. Follow me at real underscore Rob Rossi. Call us at 412-922-2874. I'm just actually now messing with you guys to see if you think it's actually a pause or sort of a belch break. But um, uh, we were talking earlier, uh, and I'm by earlier, I mean the first segment. We were talking earlier about the greatest loss in Penguins history being losing the 2004 entry draft. By losing that draft, they've dropped only the second. We're able to draft Evgeny Malkin. And then the next year, after the whole season was canceled because of the NHL's lockout, the Penguins had the most lottery balls in the Sidney Crosby draft, which they won, or which was fixed. Either way, do we really care? Sidney Crosby ended up in Pittsburgh, right? That's, that's the important thing. And so you could look at it as like not winning the Ovechkin lottery ended up being the best thing for the Penguins because let's face it, their secret weapon has been the two-headed monster, as they like to call it, of Crosby and Malkin. I always thought that was a bit insulting. Neither of those two men are monsters. They're not monstrous looking. Sure, they grow facial hair with... Look... As great as they are at hockey, as bad as they are at beards. Let's just say that, right? But, come on. I mean, we're talking... These are both good-looking guys. I, Evgeny's married with a child. Sydney's been dating a, a, the same woman for a long time. Wonderful women. You know, neither of them, I don't think, have... I mean, I think they've both done okay. Uh, could we just call them, like, the two-headed... How about the two-headed god? That would be good, right? Why does it have to be a monster? Like, is it because they're a monster to deal with? Because it's not how it is implied. When I hear monster, I think like, you know, a guy who's painted orange in a suit in a house that's lathered in white. That's what I think of as a monster, not Kenny Malkin or Sidney Crosby. Thank God he doesn't have two heads. My goodness. Might give him a chance of having one brain. Still, um, anyway, the greatest loss in Penguins history, right? 2004, if they win that draft lottery, they don't end up with Crosby and Malkin. The secret to their success has been the Crosby-Malkin punch. I mean, think about it. When those two have been at their best in the playoffs, the Penguins have gone to the Stanley Cup final four times. They've gone to the Eastern Conference final one time and lost. Like, I mean, basically, here's the way you have to hope you can beat the Penguins. Crosby and Malkin aren't healthy or aren't really slumping. I mean, think about this. 2010, or so, their first year together, right? 2007, they go back to the playoffs for the first time. Evgeny was sort of at the end of his rope at the end of that season. It was first full professional season in the National Hockey League. He was a little bit tired, didn't really do well in that series. That was their first taste. The next year, those two were the like first and third scorers going into the Stanley Cup final. Evgeny got injured in that Eastern Conference final against Philly. Remember, he had the rib injury and took him a couple, about three games to get into it. And finally, it was kind of too late by then. But still, he finished fifth in the playoffs in scoring that year. The next year, 
Genny Malkin has 34 points. The most by any player in a single postseason since somebody named Wayne Gretzky. That's pretty good. The second most points by any player in a single postseason since Wayne Gretzky is Sidney Crosby. That year, okay? They had 34 and 31 points. You know what? I actually take that back. I think Kuznetsov had 32 this year. So the third. So that year, Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby combined for 65 points in 24 playoff games. That's stupid great, okay? The next year, injuries to Malkin. 2011, no Crosby or Malkin. Both of them are out for the playoffs. 2012, Crosby's coming back from the concussion, isn't quite himself. 2013, Crosby and Malkin, despite Crosby's broken jaw, find their form, and then they start playing the Eastern Conference Final and it turns into rugby. By the way, you ever remember about the Eastern Conference Final that one of the teams participating tried to end the lockout? The other team was the reason the lockout existed. That team never had a penalty called against it, including an overtime of a Game 3 that could have shifted the series when Sidney Crosby stole a puck, and while he was trying to break in on overtime opportunity to win the game, had his helmet knocked off in the midst of being assaulted, and nothing was called. Want to protest something in hockey? That was thuggery. 2014, Getty Malkin was fantastic. Sydney was dealing with a bit of an injury, just didn't have a great playoff. 2015, Malkin was injured, didn't score a point against the Rangers. The Penguins were eliminated in five games. 2016, Sidney Crosby, awesome. Evgeny Malkin, really good, especially considering he had one functioning arm. 2017, they were 1-2 in scoring. Again. So if you want to beat the Penguins in the playoffs, you kind of have to hope that their 1-2 center punch are either injured or just really off. This year, Kenny Malkin wasn't healthy. Nobody did anything to stop Sidney Crosby. And you might argue Mike Sullivan could have helped Kenny Malkin out a little bit if he had said, I don't know, Phil Kessel and Malkin play on the same line. But no, let's be stubborn because there's all kind of opportunities to win when you have your best players in their 30s. Anyway. By the way, if you're just tuning in, Adam Crowley, normal host of the Adam Crowley Show, hence the name, uh, is out on vacation. Uh, Rob Rossi, his superior in every way, and his boss at City Paper is in. How does that work? I'm his boss at City Paper, and I have to fill in for him here. I don't know. That's a good question. You kind of stepped down there a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think I've I've negotiated a bad deal. Is what I've. Do you want to get out? That's sort of like. That's sort of like people who thought Kyrie was the real reason the Cavs were winning with LeBron, like. On the Crowley-Rossi team, everybody gets that it's me. Yeah, you're the LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow... Somehow this happened. Crowley just gets to leave whenever he wants. It's a pleasure to be with LeBron today on a Friday. It is, it is. And good, good. And plus, I have a, I'll have to tweet a picture of my Montreal Expos oh, cap that I've One of the coolest with. hats I've ever seen. But um, 
the point is the Penguins have benefited from that loss in numerous ways. I can count three. The Stanley Cup championships that they've won. But is it the greatest loss in Penguins history? And, you know, obviously, like, there's no such thing as a bad loss, except that kind of was a bad loss. Now, you could argue that every loss that Eddie Johnson as general manager worked tirelessly to orchestrate in the 1983-84 season was the greatest loss in Penguins history because the prize there was Mario Lemieux. And he once sent a goalie who had played very well for a couple of games down to the minors on a Friday when nobody would question it so that they could bring a worse goalie into the lineup to lose a game against New Jersey, who was chasing them for that number one pick. Like, EJ flat out acknowledges, oh, yeah, yeah you know, we, we just, we weren't trying to win. We weren't trying to win. We couldn't, couldn't try to win. I had to get married. I had to get married. Mary was going to say that. I get it, EJ. Like, you know, like, EJ was tanking before it was cool, man. But there's another really big loss in the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins that nobody ever talks about came against the Buffalo Sabres. I bring this up because how often can you say Buffalo and loss and have it actually be talking about a Buffalo win where it makes news? Rarely. This is the only case, right? In 1989, the Penguins were rolling midway through the season to a second straight playoff berth. They had not made the playoffs for seven years. They made it in 1988. And they're rolling Mario Lemieux on this epic point streak. He's, I think it's at 47 games. He has a point in 47 consecutive games. Please stop telling me anybody compares to Lemieux or Ergretzky. A point in 47 consecutive games. Most of us don't go four consecutive days without screwing something up epically. He screwed with goalies for 47 consecutive games and only stopped because he could not bend over. And even then, he played a couple of those games with people lacing up his skates because he couldn't bend over. He went out, stood around, and put in points. But the back finally gave way, and Mario Lemieux had to have treatment, and he missed most of the final couple of months of that 1988-89 season, excuse me, 1989-90 season, except, except for the final game. He comes back in the Penguins' final game at home against the Buffalo Sabres. And the Penguins need to win, and if they win, they go to the Stanley Cup playoffs. That was back when in the Patrick Division, the top four teams made it. And so the Penguins in the early Lemieux era, if you guys aren't familiar, the Patrick division was great. And they had some pretty good teams that just couldn't make the top four. And they're fighting, and you know, so we're thinking going into this game, if the Penguins beat the Sabres, but Mario's going to play. Here comes Mario, right? And so if you're like me, you're listening to that game on the radio when, I believe it was UA Croup. I believe it was UA Croup. I'm not sure. Uh... Somebody from the Buffalo Sabres scored a goal in overtime that ended the Penguins' season. And you were like, oh, that's lousy. An overtime loss in regular, regular season that denies you the playoffs. Like, that, that just stinks, right? Couple mu- that, that was a really good draft year. Peter Nedved, great player coming over from Europe. Owen Nolan. 
number one pick. Those are two guys that you wanted to build a franchise around. The 1990 draft class was fantastic. We're going to look up 1990 NHL entry draft as I type here. It was a fantastic draft. Look, listen to these picks. Owen Nolan, number one to Quebec. Owen Nolan was a real good player in the National Hockey League. Peter Nedved, number two to Vancouver. Keith Primo, pretty good hockey player, right? You get a Keith Primo at number three, that's pretty good, right? Mike Ricci, what a, what a warrior. One of those guys, like those heart and soul guys you win a Stanley Cup with, right? At number four. And the number five pick that year. The number five pick that year, who was it? Well, the number five pick that year was a kid from Cladno, Czech Republic. Uh, but not a lot of people knew about him. No. Most people that did know said he's got the most talent of anybody in the draft, but he's not gonna, you're not going to be able to get him to come over to the United States. And that, that guy, when he talked to people, was telling him, like, I can't come over. I can't come over. There's no way I can get over. I can't get out. I can't get out. It's a different time in the world, folks, 1990. But he tells one team, yeah, I, I can come over. Why is that? Well, my favorite player is Mario Lemieux, and I'd love to play with him. Now, this kid from Cladno may have been available at the sixth pick, because look, Scott Seasons was the sixth overall pick that year. Daryl Sador, Darian Hatcher. Damn good hockey player. So we're talking about top eight picks, right? But this kid from Cladno at number five. Yeah, he might have been available at number six. And the sixth pick that year went to the New York Islanders, who jumped the Penguins because they lost the regular season finale to Buffalo. And so now the Penguins have the fifth overall pick. And with it, they select. Yarmir Yager. Now, Rossi, you say, why are you boring us with all this history? Because I can. I find it fascinating. But what is the greatest loss in Penguins history? Well, is it the loss that netted them Malkin and the best opportunity to get Crosby? Or is it the loss that netted them Yager? And I might say Yager. For this reason, the greatest win that didn't involve a Stanley Cup in Penguins history came in 1999 when Yarmir Yager on one leg scored two goals against the Jersey Devil in Game 6 to force a Game 7 that the Penguins won and earned a crucial three extra home playoff games for a franchise that was broke and about to leave town. And if you watched that Penguin team that beat the Devils, the eight-seeded Penguin team that beat the top-seeded Devil, you'll know that while Alex Kovalev and Martin Straka had fantastic series, the Devil had no answer for the Yager. 
And there are no Pittsburgh Penguins today, certainly if Mary Lemieux wasn't drafted first overall in 1984. The Pittsburgh Penguins aren't what we know of them today if Sidney Crosby hadn't been drafted first overall in 2005 or if Kenny Malkin hadn't been drafted second overall in 2004. But there wouldn't be hockey in Pittsburgh right now. Not at the NHL level, not at any level. If the greatest draft pick in Penguins history in terms of importance, in terms of necessity, wasn't the kid from Cladno in 1990. Because Mario Lemieux as a player never won a Stanley Cup without Yarmir Yager. The Penguins did not become a consistent playoff team until Yarmir Yager joined the franchise. And in 1999, when the Penguins were in bankruptcy and Mario Lemieux needed time to get the team and the team needed money to stay afloat, to pay the bills. It's the one that you all booed for so long who saved hockey in Pittsburgh. We come back more hockey talk at 412-922-2874. I'm Rob Rossi. This is ESPN Pittsburgh. Are we playing this song because I'm the only one who was born at the time it came out? No, we're playing this song because I love this song. Okay, that's fair. Favorite band of all time. Really? Oh, yeah. Adam Crowley is off again. He seems to have run into a rut rut of working, so I'm sure he needed a vacation. So, I'm Rob Rossi, in for him. Joining me now, you know him, you love him, you want none of him. Follow him on the Twitter machine at PGH Trav. You have a logo now, man. No, it's not a logo. It's a it's a header image. Come on, header image. Just a picture of the city. It is. It's very nice. I like it. I'll make you one. Oh, I remember when you used to do that a long time ago when we worked together. Oh yeah, a long time ago. All right. So, where can people hear you next? Uh, Big One O Four Seven. Okay. Every night. I'm, I start at seven o'clock tonight. Seven to this, midnight. This is your time of the year too, because Pittsburgh in. The summer is basically country music town. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we got a show tomorrow. Keith yeah. Pavilion, Keith Urban, and uh, my girl Kelsey Ballerini. I should know these people. Uh, last weekend was a good one, too. And then uh, next week, you got Luke Bryan and Sam My mom's Hunt. going to that. Yeah, it's at Heinz Field. I'm not sure if I have to go with her or not. Ah, uh, it's fun. I think my dad's going. I got the tickets for them, but my dad's sort of like, if you want to go, I'm like, I don't want to go. My people mom's are- like, I want to go. And like, what do you say to your mom? You're like, you know. You gave birth to me. I should probably go to a concert with you. But I'm like, I hate people. But I want to go to the concert. I said, people get conned. You know who who's doing con- country concerts now because of his family? is Mike Brazuda. He was there. Kenny Chesney. Uh, he was there. But he enjoyed himself. Really? Yeah. He he, he, has, he wants no parts of it, but he, he's there and he enjoys himself because there's a lot of uh, there's beverages, pops and waters, things like that, and food. One day I'll have to tell you about a story about a night. Mike Pursuit and I spent in Philadelphia with okay. a Penguins employee. Do uh, tell. Seeing no, no, no. I'll it's say, not a radio I'll story, say, I guess. Uh, no, no, it is. It's a, it's a special, it's a special edition. Fair. Um, Premium not, content. Not just some Friday show we've thrown together. All right, so Travis, uh, welcome to the Crowley Show. What have we been talking about? We've been talking about the greatest loss in Penguins history from the perspective of it netted, netted a remarkable gain. 
Okay. Uh, all of these things, I think, happened before you were on the earth. When, when, when were you born? 94. 94. Yeah, so all these things kind of happened. No, uh, most of them. But I put, I put a question out there. I, I, I attached, what do you call it on the Twitter machine? I, a photo? No, a no, no, no. I put a, pole. put a poll, a pole. but okay. I put, the, what is it, a handle? It's the handle of ESPN? Sure. Radio? I put the handle on it. Um, it is who, which top five pick is the biggest contributor to the Penguin hockey history? Lemieux, Yager, Malkin, or Crosby? Do you do you think? Well, okay, I I think the obvious, the easiest answer is Lemieux, just because you I think have I just to, got my own Twitter poll wrong. By the way, let me make sure I got that right. But go ahead, keep talking. Well, you you have to start somewhere. You have to start. I don't have to do anything. What I'm saying is, as a team, as a team and success story, it starts with Lemieux because that was the first chance the Penguins had to actually become a franchise that was going to win Stanley Cups and be competitive. And I think that Yager helps, and then Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are kind of like the second, the second wave of that because you do have generations of Penguins and, and, and youth hockey based off of. Like there was the Lemieux generation. I'm a part of the of the back end of the Lemieux generation or the Yager generation because I grew up watching those guys in the '90s, and that's back when the Penguins weren't even that good. So this is my back problem the with Cups. Pittsburgh fans. They're stupid. Okay. Jeez. Well, look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm shocked. Uh, obviously, Lemieux's the right answer. Okay. I mean, he's he's. He's Mario Lemieux. There, there is one statue outside the arena. There's one number retired for merit, not tragedy. It's Mario Lemieux, okay? Six scoring titles, three MVPs, two-time Stanley Cup champion. Bought the team! Like, I mean, I mean, he's done everything except give birth to an actual penguin. And he's only like 50-something, so who knows? I mean... And I get going with Crosby. So since I put this poll up uh, seven minutes ago, there's like, what, 266 votes. Lemieux at 85%. Crosby's at 13%. Malkin's at 2%. Nobody's voting for Yager. This team does not exist for Mario Lemieux to own it without Yarmir Yager in the late 90s being the only thing redeemable other than a ticket stub that would get you seven goals at Wendy's. I think that there's still a good number of people that see Yager in that villain role because well, the way he exited stupid. the Penguins. These well, are I know. stupid people. But am I wrong? Am I wrong to say that there's enough people? Not like there's wrong. still people that boo Yager when he it. goes to the games. Like when he, when he played in Pittsburgh, there's still those people, and they don't even know why. They just do it. They they just know that he got traded away because to the Capitals, stupid. and that's yeah. Stupid people not, do stupid things all the time. They go along with the crowd. I'm not disagreeing with you one bit. He's definitely. I mean, those four are the top. I mean, that's that's the Mount Rushmore right there. How lucky are you, Penguin fans? Like, spoiled rotten. Think oh, about awful. that. You're right. You have no complaints. If they would lose for 20 years in a row, that should just be comeuppance for all the greatness you've had over the past, like, three decades. Well, think about think about how tragic things were even between 2009. Even two, okay, we'll even say 2009. 2000. Okay, so after the Penguins won the Cup in 2009. Yes, to real win, tragic. To, kept making the playoffs. But what I'm saying is, Ooh. you would have thought, you would have thought this this team was just... And there was a yes. lot of problems. Don't tell me there wasn't, but that was it was a mess. It was it was seen as a catastrophic a failure from 2011. Have you seen the Ottawa Senators lately? Oh, yeah, well you're not wrong. And they're not done being 
they're not done falling this apart. This wasn't either. exact. The Penguins from 2010 to 2016 were not exactly a Kenny Chesney concert <laughs> parking lot. I mean, there were a lot of good things. They made the conference final once. They won a couple of rounds a few times. Like, you can't win it every year. Oh, I know, but but what I'm saying no, they is don't. I, I'm contributing to your point that it's it can be seen as a catastrophic failure. And there was a lot of problems and a lot of questionable decisions in that time period. But, yeah, when you look at it and you take a step back, okay, so the Penguins didn't win the Cup for, what, seven years? But they made the playoffs consistently, but it was seen as a giant tire right. fire by everybody because, you know, you remember the years where they made that big deadline deal and it just didn't work out. The Jerome McGinley year, that was yeah, a mess. Yeah, I was the only one in town that said that was a bad deal. Because yeah, then you had Douglas Murray and UC Jokin in. And... It's true. Damn true. You can stick around for one more segment, right? How about that, yeah. Where's KDO? She's she's home. She's smart. It's very disappointing. I usually like it when she comes in here and then I say something and she gives me a dirty look as though I've insulted <laughs> the entire gender and then I feel guilty the rest of the show. She's keeping you in check. She does keep me in check. I don't really know her last name. I just know her as KDO, so it's kind of a... Everything. All right, Travis is going to stick around for one more segment. We come back, hour two of the Adam Crowley Show. I'm Rob Rossi. That's why you're listening. This is ESPN Pittsburgh.